Jason, nice to have you on. We're looking at what's been going on with this market performance. And what do you think? Is this some sort of correction that's starting? When you see the S&P down seven of nine days, people sometimes worry in September. Yeah, I think definitely the worry into September is, is playing into, into this. Um, what, what's kind of nice uh, so far from our perspective is that after the, the, the strong gains we've had, um, you know, we've really seen more of a rotational aspect to this to this pullback. So you've got a lot of individual stocks down 20 percent, especially when you look at small caps, a lot of cyclical and and so forth, kind of um, economically sensitive names. And yet market indexes are down, you know, one to two percent. They're still up, you know, three percent in general for the for the quarter to date. Uh, so it's been pretty tame at the same time. Just in this last you know couple of weeks, with this little bit of volatility, you're seeing uh, investor sentiment uh, come down uh, pretty substantially. So you go from a kind of a euphoric stage that that we've been seeing with a lot of flows into equities to a lot of fear presenting itself again. I, we looked at the AI sentiment surveys from last week, and we see only twenty two percent bulls. Uh, you know that's the kind of activity a lot of times that you see in a correction. And then you've already got uh, market indices looking, uh, somewhat oversold. So our own impression on this is, although we are in a seasonally weak period and we're overdue for a correction in many respects, we haven't had a 5% pullback in the major indices so far this year. Um, again, the rotational nature has really set up some areas to be pretty attractive. So, uh, you know, normally you'd expect this weakness to continue and actually accelerate a little bit into the second half of September. I think it may have been front run a little bit. And so I think that any setbacks from here are likely to be relatively short lived. And I think the big trigger event people are seeing next week, which is the Fed meeting uh, for, you know, maybe an, an additional entrenchment, especially after strong data, as we've been seeing, uh, may actually prove to be kind of that that. Uh, you know, element again that, that at least pushes us for a leg higher. Whether we can fully break out or whether we continue to consolidate through mid-October is hard to say. But I think almost everybody projecting a correction is also looking at the data and looking at the fact that we are uh, hopefully going to get through this window of this this uh, COVID fear spike, uh, get get some certainty around spending uh, and, and sort of when the tapering may happen on the Fed side. Uh, and right. ultimately, we're going to continue to see an inventory rebuild, strong data, and and probably a good fourth quarter. So I think that's yeah. why people are Yeah, hitting. and we'll get more of that details next week. As you said, from the Fed, you called it a big trigger event. I mean, it certainly could be, and it could be, as you're saying, in a favorable way, particularly if the Fed remains so dovish as they've been. Um, they hardly have a lot of pressure to make any moves at this moment. I know they're going to plot out going forward. Um, this is one of the meetings where they do give a, a forecast. That being said, what potential hedges do you think an investor should consider? Is there stocks or sectors that you've been adding based on your thoughts on the market? So, you know, we, we did make a little bit of a shift at the very beginning of this month. We raised a little cash. So we're, we're now 10, 12% cash in the tactical part of our portfolios. Uh, and, and part of what we were doing there was just trimming the more volatile names in our portfolio or things that had really kind of gained, um, you know, sort of an excess extent. Uh, we also added a little bit of exposure to uh, short-term tips 
Uh, and we also uh, added a little exposure to REITs, which have been very strong this year, but had, had sort of pulled back a little bit early. Um, and we just wanted to, to get a little bit more there because that trend looks pretty fantastic. Um, from there, we're just nibbling at things on these down days, mostly just adding either a little bit more to mid caps or to an equal weight S&P uh, index. Uh, but also, you know, we're looking at some of these names that have been beaten down a, a little more aggressively that are, are continue to be attractive, like industrials, uh, to some extent financials. So in, in different areas that would sort of do well for different reasons. Um, I'd love to see a bigger pullback so I could buy in more aggressively. Uh, at the same time, uh, like I said, I think right now the, the key thing for us is just not wanting to take for granted the great gains we've had so far year to date, recognizing this and sort of respecting this this period of weakness, but but um, but also acknowledging data is great and. Um, right. You know, we do think inventories will be yeah. rebuilt, and so there's just a lot of dynamics that could push us higher. And and, and I think there are yeah. opportunities. I'd rather be a buyer than a seller at this point. It does feel that way. At the same time, uh, a previous guest was noting 2022 could be very choppy or cautious because you just can't repeat what we've seen. Obviously, since the pandemic and double-digit gains and. What an exciting time it's been if you have taxes on the rise, corporate taxes, um, capital gains taxes, those types of things that the whole thing may just slow down or peter out. Higher taxes coupled with tapering and rate hikes, just all that kind of talk. Maybe 2022 won't be so great. The question really, though, is, is it not great or is it bad. Uh, you know, and, and to some extent, if it's not bad, it tends to be a little greater than normal simply because we do have that ongoing dynamic where bonds are so unattractive and cash is so unattractive and there's so much of it. So I, I continue to think that if you look for the areas that are outperforming and, and sort of de-emphasizing the areas that are doing poorly, so uh, and, and um, kind of continue to stay invested, things will probably be at least uh, you're you're still being rewarded for being in equities in general, and and you're finding new areas this year. For example, REITs um, that maybe hadn't done as well and are and are, and are looking uh, better. So there's lots of opportunities still uh, to make money. I, I do think uh, that just like when we've had this quantitative easing going on for all this time, it reduces volatility as the Fed tapers and 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 some of these other programs ease. Uh, you're going to see more volatility. And so part of the way that we're dealing with that uh, tactically is just to make sure that our portfolios are just that much more heavily concentrated in quality areas. So things like a dividend growth strategy, Vanguard uh, dividend appreciations, an ETF, we like VIG, um, you know, and or just uh, maybe going for mid caps instead of small caps. Uh, just making sure that we're comfortable that as we go through periods of volatility, uh, you know, we're we're able to kind of work through that and tolerate that, uh, and that those areas that are maybe a little more reliant on uh, stimulus and support are less important in our portfolios, and we can really be focused on the longer term trend, which is still quite positive.